Are near-death experiences talked about in the Bible? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make the show? Yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here as always. We're going to talk about near-death experiences today, and we're going to get right into it. My guest today is J.W. Spillers, who's written a book called Heaven's Truth, The Parallels Between the Bible and the Near-Death Experiences. It's my privilege and pleasure to bring him to you today. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in J.W. Spillers to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Jay, welcome to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Now, uh, as I mentioned, you've written a book, uh, and it's called Heaven's Truth, The Parallels Between the Bible and the Near-Death Experience. Now, uh, near-death experiences have been with us for a long, long time, the, the stories of people having near-death experiences. Can we uh, start by defining what, what constitutes a near-death experience? It, does the brain actually have to stop functioning? The heart stop? What, how do we define what near death is? Well, a near death experience is, is usually when you die and you have a uh, experience, some kind of spiritually transformative experience. And I, there's also been incidents where people have come close to death and had an experience. And sometimes people have experiences that where they don't die at all. But it's very similar where they'll see a light or they'll encounter people on the other side. And they call those spiritually transformative experiences. And the only difference between that necessarily and an NDE is the person didn't die or come close to death. So anytime you die or, or come extremely close to death and have a spiritual experience, could could be classified as an NDE. And some researchers have narrowed their study to only ones where there was clinical death, and some of them were a little broader than that, you know, in terms of what they took in. Gotcha. So so there's no, like, exact medical cr- criteria of what constitutes near death, uh, uh, as there is, like, a real death, actual death. There is an, uh, a medical criteria that has to be met. For near death, it's anybody who's had that experience. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, and the phrase near death experience was coined in 1975 by uh, Mo- Dr. Moody, who started studying it and wrote his book. And that's sort of where it became popular in, in our culture to talk about near death experiences, was starting in 85 and going forward. Right. You know, and near death experiences became more common about in the 70s, and it had to do with improved resuscitation techniques. People have had near-death experiences for century and millennia, but that's when you start seeing and hearing a lot more about it, this starting in the 1970s. Okay. So what, what prompted your uh, interest in it? Did you have one? Did you know somebody that had one, or, or were you just coming at it from a curiosity standpoint? What, what got you interested in this enough to do enough research to write a book about it? Well, I mean, my, my very first encounter with hearing about near-death experiences, I was 11 years old, and it was 1983, 
and there was this TV show called That's Incredible, and they were talking about near-death experiences, and I was really awestruck by it. You know, I come from a Christian background, and a couple years before, I had become a Christian, and then I was hearing people about going to heaven and seeing and sometimes God, seeing God or Jesus and having different experiences. And I was like, wow, they're experiencing what many of us already believe by faith, you know. And I just really found it fascinating. And I think in 83, a lot of the Christian community wasn't really open to it because I, I called this talk show, Christian talk show called The Bible Answer Man with Walter Martin and asked him what he thought and he kind of poo-pooed it and, you know, was basically saying, like, you know, that's nothing, don't worry about that. And so I just sort of put it aside till the 90s and I started getting interested again probably in the 90s. I was interested on and off that whole time, but I really started getting interested in the late 90s. It was kind of, you know, doubting my faith and things like that. So the near-death experience was, for me, something that kind of strengthened my faith, you know, and I think for a lot of people that's true. And it seems like the Christian community has become more open to it. You'll see books like uh, Heaven is for Real with Colton Burpo and different ones like that. And, you know, I, I think the thing with the Christianity and the near-death experience is, um, I think a lot of times when you hear experiential uh, things, you know, where people have spiritual experiences, but it's, you know, experiential, a lot of the Christian community is kind of hesitant about it. But when you look at the near-death experience, it sort of confirms a lot of what we already believe, you know, that there's a heaven, there's a God. You know, a lot of people that have encountered Jesus were told that he's the Son of God. So it's like it's confirming a lot of the things that we have in faith, you know. Um, I want to I want to take that idea though, uh, because that's interesting to me. Now, I I believe, and I'm no I'm no expert on this, and I'm 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 assuming you you are far more educated in this than I am. But uh, to so, if a Muslim person had a near death experience, would they necessarily uh, come back and uh, from it and say that they saw Jesus? Would they say they saw Allah? Uh, is there any data on that for people of different religions who aren't Christian? Their experience differ in any way. Well, um, the general experience tends to be very similar. Where you experience like the light or being of light, and you experience great peace and love, and you know you'll see like a lot of times you'll see beautiful scenery and ancestors and things like that. And um, they, so the experiences are similar. What what uh, one person talked about, his his name was uh, Melon Thomas, was the feedback loop. And sometimes we'll sort of experience what we expect to experience to some degree. But that isn't is true in every case. And it's sort of like God sort of meets us where we are and then sort of helps take us further down and gives us a deeper understanding. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard of experiences where people have seen religious figures from different faith traditions. I've heard of ones that have seen Buddha and, you know, I've heard of Muslims that, you know, obviously experienced God, but he directly referenced himself as Allah. And I've heard of people that have seen Jesus that come from various backgrounds, sometimes Christian, atheist, Jewish. So Jesus seems to 
a lot of times come through to people of different faiths or no faith at all. But yeah, there is a lot of commonality in terms of experiencing overwhelming love and peace and, you know, seeing, right. and, you know, departed loved ones and seeing heavenly things, you know, so there's, there's sort of an overlap there, you know. Right. And, and the a- atheist argument, of course, is that yeah. we've been conditioned to uh, tell the same story, much like uh, UFO abductees uh, who claim to be abducted by UFOs tell the same story because they've heard it so much. And not that they're lying, but they absolutely believe it because they've been conditioned to, uh, in, in some way, have that experience. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case. I'm just curious about it. Why do you think uh, the established religion of Christianity, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the, you know, fringe sex and all that, but the different churches, uh, why do, and people who are very involved in, in Bible-based churches, why do you think they resist uh, any of this or poo-poo it at all? Well, I mean, I think a lot of times within the Christian community, you know, the more conservative ones, they basically have the view like, well, you have the Bible, the Bible gives us everything, you know, that we need. So they kind of are leery of anything experiential, you know, in terms of spirituality. And But I, I think the thing is, when you look at the Bible itself, well, what are most of the people in the Bible having? They're having all kinds of experiences with God. It was recorded down for our benefit. So there, there is something to having written scriptures and having sacred scriptures to learn from and be inspired from. But then there's also the element of experience, you know, that I think some Christian groups sort of almost miss out on because they're so against anything other than the Bible, you know. Yeah. But I think the Bible itself is a collection of experiences that people had with God. So it seems kind of odd, you yeah. know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. That definitely, I mean, I think that's an apt, uh, accurate description of what the Bible is. It's, it's people having experiences with God. And there's no other way to put it. Uh, the the uh, the resistance to the ideas is, is, is a little baffling, but I know I, I've heard it, and, I, and I've heard that you know to the point where they want to cast it as even if investigating it or looking into it too deeply is of Satan or is is evil in some way. So I, you shouldn't bother even uh, uh, investigating it, looking into it, which is really troublesome. It, it, that's where uh, I find that, you know, religion can, or, or any organized religion that kind of teaches people not to to look for answers is suspect for me. So it, it, it puts me off to hear, like, don't even look at, into it, it's evil stuff. Uh, when there's nothing really inherently evil about the, the experience from, that people re- relate when, after they've had this experience. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'm confused by it. So l- let's move on. So. The, the title of the book, again, is Heaven's Truth, The Parallels Between the Bible and the Near-Death Experience. Now, I'm assuming you're, you're meaning the King James Bible, right? Well, I just mean the Bible in general. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a particular translation. Most of the scriptures, I tried to use one particular version, so it was sort of, you know, had a certain degree of continuity, but I used a few versions. I use the New King James, and it's a little easier to understand in terms of the language. It updates the King James, but I'm not arguing from any particular translation of the Bible. Just the Bible in general, 
Gotcha. Uh, the, re- the reason I ask that is because I've had a couple of different guests on uh, in the past six months or so who argue that the English translations of the Bible are completely unreliable and you really have to learn to speak Hebrew to really understand the text and all that. So I, I just wanted to make that, make that clear. So, but no matter what, trend, what uh, version you're basing it on, it's an English version, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, do you list actual, do you go through uh, anecdotal evidence that to, to support your claims in the book? Like, do you pick out specific in- instances and point out how uh, they are parallel to the near-death experience? Yeah, I, I gave like a couple near-death experiences that I believe are in the Bible, and I gave a lot of spiritually transformative experiences, which are NDE-like, or those spiritually transformative experiences. So, you know, like, like um, the Apostle Paul had both a near-death experience at one point and a spiritually transformative experience. When he was on the road to Damascus, he saw the light of Christ and, you know, had an encounter, and he was transformed. He was given um, a mission to do. He, uh, you know, also had companions with him who partially saw the light, but they didn't see Christ, and they heard a noise but they didn't hear what was being said. And I get into that. That's akin to like a spirit, uh, a shared near-death experience, which can sometimes happen. And then the Apostle Paul also had a actual near-death experience a few years later where he says, I knew a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, who was taken to the third heaven into paradise and saw things that are inexpressible he said unlawful but it's really more of it's impossible to say what was what was there and basically it sounds like he heard unutterable words which sounds to me like maybe it was telepathic that they weren't spoken from the mouth but they went into his mind which is you know like what indiers today experience so the apostle paul had both those experiences and then I argue that the resurrection of Christ is, in, in a sense, like an, is a near-death experience, too, because Jesus died. He was conscious on the other side. He was working, preparing a place for those that were going to be there. And he also de- descended into he- to hell or Hades and, you know, set the captives free. It talks about in, like, um, Second Peter, and it talks about in... Um, Ephesians that he set the captives free and he preached the gospel to the disobedient spirits and took them out, you know. And I also give some other experiences that are in the E like, like the Mount of Transfiguration, where Peter, James, and John saw Christ illuminated, you know, brighter than the noonday sun, and you know, went into that. So I've, I've given various experiences, and then I had some in the E modern in where. You know, like Howard Storm, who went from being an atheist to a Christian pastor, he experienced Christ on the other side. And at first he descended into like a dark place and was there with what he called demons. But then he cried out to to Jesus and the light illuminated the room and he was taken into a heavenly space and, you know, was able to converse with, with Christ and other beings. And after that, he, he became a pastor. and his life was transformed so he asked about you know i think that he asked about the bible and was told it was spiritually true 
it just has to be read spiritually. You have to pray about it and, you know, seek to understand it spiritually, you know. And so. Interesting stuff. So uh, now I'm reading reviews. I'm on Amazon right now, and I'm reading reviews of your book, and all of them are five stars. Every every review on the on, on. Have you had any negative kickback from uh, anybody, whether on a religious standpoint, any or medical standpoint, or any from any, coming at it from any angle? Have you had, had any negative criticisms or, or feedback about the book? Well, I talk to people on Facebook. There's there's still some resistance within some Christian circles. So sometimes I have a couple, you know, Christians that don't believe in the near death experience and things like that that were obviously negative. Um, and I think there was some atheists that I'm friends with that are skeptical. They think it's more of a hallucination. And I get into these things in my book about those different kinds of arguments. I had one. Christian that was fairly positive. He's just saying, well, maybe you could have covered more material, which may be true, you know, and I might have to do that. But so, I mean, I experienced sort of the typical things, you know, from some Christians who were still skeptical about the NDE and um, a couple of atheists that, you know, obviously don't believe in God or an afterlife, you know. But I think most experience has been fairly positive. Right. Uh, to me, and I just, uh, I don't want to kind of make this a controversial program, but I think uh, atheism is on the rise in, in America and it, around the world, and I'm seeing it as almost a more activist uh, atheism, a more active atheism than I've seen in the past, where uh, it's more important to convert uh, believers into non-believers. Uh, do, first of all, do you... Do you agree with that assessment? Do you see it more? And do you have any insight into why do you, you think that might be? Well, yeah, I think that there actually is more of a hardcore atheism that's arisen too. And, you know, I don't really know. It might be connected to some of the political things you see today. You know, you have a strong political correctness and, you know, silencing different opinions. And, you know, I don't, you know, People say there's like a cultural Marxism that's going on, and you know, and I've heard you know people arguing about how this trend has been coming in for decades and things like that. And it's like I don't know really if maybe there's a sort of Marxist element to it. So, you know, you get into Marxism, it's atheistic, but it's sort of a very anti-religious um, perspective. It's not just oh, I don't believe in God, but it's fine if you do, right. you know. Well, I, I, I'm of the, I'm a, uh, in an odd place on this because um, I know as as a Christian you're supposed to minister uh, to to people uh, and lead them to Christ. I don't necessarily feel that um, as a a mission for my life that I I need to be uh, making Christians out of other people and converting atheists. But uh, on the same token, I don't think it's it should be an atheist person to convince somebody who has a belief not to believe it and poo poo it but uh if if the christian uh, mandate is to uh bring people to christ then i would think it would be uh very helpful to get medical validation of what we're calling the near death experience as a uh Proof of God as much as possible, as much as you can absolutely prove it in this world. 
Uh, so uh, is there any kind of, you know, um, initiative to get more medical uh, research done uh, on this very topic and uh, a non, non-biased, non-activist um, point of view from a religion just to get real research done and, and to kind of really document what the experience is all about? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been um, several uh, researchers that come from a, from a medical and scientific standpoint. There's a lot of secular sources and there's, you know, different religious sources. Like, I mean, Kenneth Ring does more of a secular research, but he has a lot of good stuff that, you know, I've seen. And Moody, who I mentioned before, and there's some other researchers, P.H. Atwater, you know, and they come from different backgrounds, you know, some of them were medical doctors, you know, or psychologists and different things, looking at the research, looking at different studies, you know, and interviewing people and things like that. So there is a lot of medical research going on. And in this country and in other countries like the UK and Holland and different places. So there is a lot of activity going on that way. And I would say that in terms of you know, like if you're coming at it from a Christian perspective, um, I see the NDE as what we call a, an apologetic, which is like a defense of the faith. There's a lot of different arguments that people have raised over the centuries for Christianity, you know, but I think that this too could also be seen in that light. And there's actually a researcher who's a Christian apologist who's used the resurrection, you know, like a lot of Christians do to help demonstrate the validity of Christianity. He's starting to get into the near-death experience and seeing it as a type of apologetic, you know, that at least it helps you prove there's a God and that, you know, there's an afterlife and that, you know, certain things that we believe as Christians are real. So he's starting to see the validity of it, you know. And I, I think the thing that a lot of Christians don't realize is when you see near-death experiences, a lot of people have positive experiences. The overwhelming majority of them are more heavenly than hellish. And a lot of times, even if they're hellish, they turn into to a heavenly experience. And I think the thing is, why that might be happening is, um, Christians believe you have to be born again or born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. And what I came to is that, you know, when you're in, in the light, you're basically being transformed. You're being immersed in love and peace, and you're embracing God, and He's embracing you. Well, why can't you say you're having your born-again experience right there in the light? And I think that's what's happening to most people. That's why an atheist or a Muslim or anybody else may be having a heavenly experience, because they're being immersed in the light. They're maybe having their born-again experience right there. You know, and I heard a woman that was saying something similar to that because she said, I now understand what Christians mean by being reborn because she felt that that's what happened to her in the light is she felt like she was reborn or born again. You know, so I think that's why, why that is true. And, you know, for a lot of people would say, well, they're already dead. They can't, they can't accept God now. And what I talk about in my book is, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about the silver cord being broken, you know, and NDEs have actually talked about seeing a silver cord, you know, not in every case, but in many cases. So it may be that death is a process and that the silver cord hasn't completely severed yet, 
and you're given an opportunity. Well, do you want to go into heaven and be with God, or do you, you know, want to go a different direction? Mm-hmm. And obviously, most people would say, "Well, I think I'd rather go to heaven. <laughs> I think I'd rather be in the light." You would think. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not a Bible scholar. It was is Lazarus the story of Lazarus connected to this in any way? Well, Lazarus was dead for for four days and then came back. Um, I don't really mention too much about him because as far as we know, he didn't really say whether he saw anything on the other side. He may very well have, but there's nothing recorded in the Bible with, you know, if he had encounters on the other side or not. So I didn't really mention him too much. He might, he might. Yeah. Did you, did you, um, interview any current people that are, you know, around today, who who have had uh, the experiences for uh, your book. Were there any of those uh, people in the, in your book? Did you talk to anybody who's had the, the experience? Um, well, I did most of my research just by reading and studying, and then I actually had met one person that I ended I ended up referencing in the book, and then I found you know I found her in some of the NDE groups that I belong to on Facebook. It was just a chance encounter and you know because i talked about sharon milliman who's had an nde and written a book and she's seen christ and i think she's had like four ndes and you know her experience talking about unconditional love and acceptance is a really good one and i remember she had talked about how she saw a beagle puppy you know in heaven and then found out when she came back to earth that oh it was the neighbor's dog that the neighbor or something had beating their dog to death and it was an awful thing but he was she saw him in heaven and this was confirmation to her because she had no idea about this dog or what had happened or anything and she just saw him in heaven and came back and she also saw like a i think it was a brother there somebody that had died that she didn't even realize they had died until she got on the other side and then when she came back from her nde she found out oh that person had died pretty close in time to, you know, her experience. So she got a couple confirmations that way. And that's also good, you know, that she, she saw a dog there because a lot of people wonder, you know, well, do animals go to heaven? Do pets go to heaven? And I think they do. And there's a lot of NDEs where they've seen their pets or other animals in heaven, you know? Right. I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm sure they're out there, and I would love to hear from them if, if they are out there, people who were uh, hardcore atheists going into it had the near-death experience and still remained an atheist afterwards. Uh, are you aware of, of any of people who, who've had that experience? Well, I think from from everything that I've read, there was, uh, up until like a few years ago, pretty much everybody that was an atheist became some type of believer in God of one sort or another. But the, I've heard that there are a couple atheists that um, remained atheists afterwards, and I don't know how hardcore they were, or you know, maybe they still felt it was a, you know, just a, a hallucination or something. Most NDEs, the experience is so vivid and real to them; it's more real than this world is that they just can't write it off as a hallucination or something like that, you know. But I, I've only heard of two cases, and I don't know specifically who they are. I just heard someone had referenced it before. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's an interesting thing because uh, it's it's rare enough that I've never heard about that kind of. I've heard about near death experiences, like you mentioned, that's going back to probably the nineteen seventies or even even before that. But I can't remember uh, one that I've ever heard of who uh, the person was an atheist going into it and remained an atheist afterwards. I'm just curious about that. It, it seems like everybody who's gone through it uh, has a profound change of heart. Uh, even people who were believers become more more dedicated believers, in, in my experience, from all the stories I've heard. Uh, I think I need to talk to more people about the, the NDE and, and you know, not rely so much on uh, third-hand stories from it. But I would be curious to see if anybody who was an atheist, remained an atheist after. Now, the question that I have now, I'm going back again to my early education in this stuff, and I don't have a deep education in this stuff. This is the one area of belief that I seldom kind of uh, did a deep dive into uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Uh, the the idea that... Um, uh, it, it, if you commit suicide, you would definitely, you know, you almost always end up ha- having a bad NDE. Uh, is there any um, support for that that is biblical? Um, about a suicide? Uh, yeah, well, people who vote, uh, who attempted suicide but ended up having a, a NDE and not really dying from it and came back from it. Every one of those, as far as I remember from my early study on this, every one of those reported a really dark experience. They're like going to hell uh, and and coming back. So is there, uh, the question is, is there a parallel or a uh, confirmation of that or anything that points that suggests that in, in the Bible? Well, I haven't seen anything specifically um, where... They had an experience from the in the Bible that was negative from a suicide. Um, the only suicide I remember was uh, I think like Saul had, had committed suicide, you know. And then of course there's Judas, you know, which always casts in a negative light because I think you know Scripture would kind of see it as like a form of maybe self-murdered. And most of the NDS have been fairly negative. And it seems like the the message is always conveyed, if not specifically told to them, that, yes, NDE is, I mean, suicide is not a good thing. Suicide is wrong. You're not supposed to do that. And I remember one, who her name was Angie Fig, Figamore, had a, had a committed suicide, and she basically had a life review and then found herself descending into darkness. And it was a place of, you know, just darkness and gloom and hell. And then all of a sudden, God and Jesus came to her and said, is this what you want? Is this, you know, what you want for yourself? And she said, no. And then she was basically brought back into her body. So, um, yeah, I mean, suicide is generally, as far as the NDE, is always portrayed in a negative light. Most of the NDEs that you do see, there's not really a lot of judgment coming from God. Most of the judgment comes from within yourself. That you see what your your life unfolds before you, and you're able to make judgments for yourself. And you intuitively know, you know, when you cause pain and uh, you experience any pain or joy you brought to other people as they experienced it. 
So, you know, if you said a cruel word and hurt someone's feelings, you're going to feel what they felt in that moment. Or if you physically harm someone, you're going to feel the pain that, that, they, that you caused them. So, you know, there's not really a need for God to sort of throw the book at you in most cases. Mm-hmm. He just shows you and allows you to experience what the other person experienced. And the message usually gets through pretty loud and clear, you know, on that. Well, I think you touched on the the big um, the people who are are anti Christian, and I don't. And it sounds like antichrist. Anti Christian uh, people who make the argument for it, it always talk about this idea of a judgmental God. How can a, a God who is all loving and all forgiving also be full of judgment and punishment and, and that kind of stuff? I think that's a big question that that people have, and I think. The near-death experience kind of, um, I don't know if it, if it necessarily talks about that, but the idea that you ha- your purpose or um, the reason you were born, you haven't uh, you know, fulfilled your purpose of your life, which is why you have to come back, which seems to me like judgment. Uh, is that, am, I, am I wrong about that, that that's a big part of it, this idea that uh, you haven't done all that you were meant to do? And that's why people get sent back. Yeah, and I think with judgment is that, like I've said, most people don't feel like they were being judged from God. They felt that the judgment was coming from within. There are instances where they felt like God said something like, "You know, you didn't, you haven't fulfilled your mission yet," or, you know, there's been a few cases where God said, "You know, you you should do this or that." But most of the time, the judgment's not directly coming from God. And I think sometimes that bothers Christians is like, you know, why isn't he more judgmental? Why is he so unjudgmental in the NDE? And I sort of get into that in my book because I, I think of it as, well, is God judging you? And I look at the scripture where it talks about we go before the judgment scene of Christ. And I said, well, it's sort of like Christ is the judge in the sense that you're in his courtroom, but he allows the truth to unfold shines a light on it and you're able to see it for yourself you know what the truth is without having to be hit over the head with it so to speak and you know so there is sort of a judgment from god because you know he put the truth in our hearts and he shines the light but it's more of a subtle judgment it's more of in most cases an indirect judgment i think you know is the experience uh fairly consistent no matter how the person got to near death in, in other words if i got in a car crash uh, my uh physical uh condition is going to be much different than if i overdosed on drugs or uh if i had a brain hemorrhage or a heart attack is is the story basically consistent among no matter how people arrived at that near death yeah i think the experience seems to be pretty consistent regardless of how you got there you know i don't really see too much difference there so yeah. you were, a, uh, I'm assuming now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll ask you, were you were a Christian before you started investigating this stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I got introduced when I was 11. I'd become a Christian when I was nine, and I've always been a Christian since about 1981, and I've studied the Bible for a number of years, and then in the 90s I started studying the near-death experience as well. You know, and I just kind of always saw well, how they paralleled and 
complemented each other, you know. So the the question that 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 begs is what did you learn? What how did it affect your faith in any way? Uh how has it changed you the experience of writing this? Well, I think the experience of writing the book actually helped to strengthen my faith in the Bible, you know, because a lot of times, um, you know, like sometimes people that just have NDEs are kind of a little leery of the Bible because you have things like in the Old Testament that are kind of difficult, you know. But I think my faith in the Bible itself, seeing how the, the two compare and that there's an experience that illuminates the Bible for us, which is the NDE, was strengthened as a result of it. And I, I do sort of get into, you know, explaining those passages like in the Old Testament where God seems so wrathful and harsh and kind of gets back to what we were talking about before, the feedback loop. God met the people where they were, you know, 3,000 years ago and 3,500 years ago and sort of gently brought them along and, you know, educated them up, you know, enlightened them to where, like, you know, because, like, you know, you get into Moses and things are really harsh and, you know, there's going in there and wiping the Canaanites out and there's a lot of capital offenses for, you know, so many things. But then, like, when you get to the book of um, Jonah, Jonah saw that the heart of God was to save the Ninevites and he was the one that didn't want to save them. But God showed him that he had mercy and compassion and that, you know, I think it, you saw a different side of God in the book of Jonah that maybe wasn't as clear when you get to Moses. I think he was always that way. He was always merciful and compassionate, but that expression sort of unfolded as you go later in the scriptures. You know, I think he's reflecting back a lot of the harshness and wrath that was in the people's heart way back when, you know, and then by the time you get to Christ, you see a completely different expression of how God relates to us, and it's more about love and mercy and things like that, which is totally in line with the NDE. And, you know, you get to, like, the Apostle Paul who wrote about love and, you know, First Corinthians chapter 13 and the fruits of the Spirit. And when you look at that, that sort of reflects everything you see in the NDE, sort of a full expression of what God is about. And I think... The primary focus for me has been on love and on things like the fruits of the Holy Spirit and trying to make that my main focus in terms of my faith. You, and I get a lot of that from the NDE. Do you feel like the process of writing the book and at the end of it now, where, where you are now, do you feel like it's been rewarding? Did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed writing the book and that, you know, I think by the end of it, and I started getting some feedback, I felt like, okay, well, I I provided something of value to people that that's what I was hoping to do. And, you know, hoping to maybe bridge the gap between faith and the NDE. And, you know, a lot of people that are maybe come from a secular background might also get benefit from it. And people from different religious traditions might also glean something of value from it. I agree, I, and I've had a couple of Vendy people on, people who've had those experiences on, but I'm going to want more now, because I, I think you've kind of renewed my interest in the subject. I've been talking with J.W. Spillers, uh, the book called 
Heaven's Truth, The Parallels Between the Bible and the Near-Death Experience. There's a link to where you can buy it on Amazon in the description. Jay, thank you for, for this conversation. Uh, I, off the, uh, slightly off topic, because and I'm, the only reason I'm asking you this is because you are a person of Christian faith, and it's been the theme for about a month now. Uh, and I happen to live with a Christian woman, my wife, who is uh, an end of dazer. Uh, are you uh, <laughs> are you on um, the uh, on board with the idea that these are the end times? Um, well, I think I think you know it very well may be the end times. You know, there's different views about how that all works out, and I know like a lot of NDEs have seen visions of the future that seem to sort of parallel you know, the book of Revelations and Daniel, you know, where there's like cataclysmic things that'll happen and, you know, world world wars and things like that. And that may very well be on the future. I mean, how it plays out, I don't, I don't really know for certain, you know, because you think there's been antichrist throughout the world and, you know, in different times. And, you know, you think of like during World War II, that was a hard time. and you know, Hitler was an antichrist and, you know, Stalin and some of these others, I think a lot of people probably thought, well, this must be the end of the world. And yet it came and went and we kept going. So I don't really know how it's going to play out that way. I don't either. I, I'm with you on that. And uh, I'm, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it did happen, but I, again, I'm with you in the fact that we've seen a lot of this all before and it, it, it keeps coming back. So, I'm just. It feels like a a uh, a, a class we never graduate from, <laughs> in my view. Anyway, uh, I do appreciate all all the uh, insight and thought you brought uh, to the program today. Again, uh, J W Spillers. Uh, the na- name of the book is Heaven's Truth: The Parallels Between the Bible and Near Death Experience. The link is in the description. I hope people will support. Jay, thank you so much for coming today, and uh, have a great day. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. You too. J.W. Spillers, folks, I uh, hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you got a lot out of it. Uh, and I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Please drop me a line at info at minddogtv.com, info at minddogtv.com, and let me know what you think. The links to the book are in the uh, show notes in the description. Uh, the book is called uh, Heaven's Truth, The Parallels in the Bible to the Near-Death Experience, written by J.W. Spillers. I hope you will uh, uh, check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, just a reminder, we have a Patreon page. The link to that is in the uh, subscription, too. I hope you will uh, look into joining us on the Patreon. Until next time, I'm Matt Napple for the Mind Dog TV Podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great day, and bye for now.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.